this Palm Sunday. So I'm going to just touch on Palm Sunday briefly from an article that Mama B sent from Catholic Online. And then we shall go into the teaching on the family. God is a family-oriented God. And we got saved and brought into a family. So you have a biological family. And then you you are part of God's family. And then God puts you in a spiritual family. And as you go along with your career, you have career or professional family. So you can determine the kind of family. Um, You know, there are some people who are closer to their professional family or spiritual family more than their biological family. Whichever way, you have a family. And we are looking at the benefits of family, whether it's career family, spiritual family, church family, God family. Um, Family is important. Um, There are many dimensions to family, um, which we have as we go along, we have to uh, deal with their issues in every family. Amen. You may see somebody in your family as the issue. They may be seeing you as the issue. So whichever way, there are issues everywhere. So we need to find wisdom. We need to go for wisdom every day to know how to deal with our families. Amen. So let me just do this briefly for the next five minutes. What Palm Sunday commemorates. How many of you know we are in the Easter season? And this is all about Jesus. It's not about chocolates. It's not about holidays. That's uh, an aftermath of the bonus of the Easter. So, everybody say Palm Sunday. So, according to Catholic Online, I'm reading from an article. So, this is not my notes. So, I'm reading just to give us an information and remind us of the season in which we are. So, Palm Sunday is the final Sunday of Lent. The beginning of the Holy Week and commemorates the triumphant arrival of Christ in Jerusalem days before he was crucified. The triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. That's the Sunday before him being raised from the dead. So, you go out there and then you are speaking to people and they say, what's all this stuff about? At least, at least pretend you also know something. I can hear your amen. Pretend you know something by knowing this. So you can say it's not all about just the holiday. What is, like, the Good Friday coming up? What is good about Good Friday? So we'll deal with that on Friday. So Palm Sunday is known as such because the faithful will often receive palm funds, funds, which they use to participate in the reenactment of Christ's arrival in Jerusalem. In the Gospels, Jesus entered Jerusalem riding on a young donkey, and to lavish praise to the towns of the townspeople who threw clothes or possible palms or small branches in front of him as a sign of homage. This was a customary practice for people of great respect. Now you're going to see the contrast. Jesus coming into Jerusalem was celebrated, but somewhere along the line you're going to see another reaction. Palm branches are widely recognized symbols of peace and victory. Hence, their preferred use on Palm Sunday. You won't see that much probably in the West, but maybe go to places like Rome 
or the Anglican Church or Catholic Church, they, they are really into it and they will exhibit those characteristics. So, the use of a donkey instead of a horse is highly symbolic. It represents the humble arrival of someone as Jesus in peace, as opposed to arriving on a steed in war for battle. A week later, however, Christ would rise from the dead on the first Easter. He enters Jerusalem on a mission to go to the cross, to die, and be raised on the third day for our freedom. And remember, not just freedom from sin, but freedom from everything that is contrary to the will of God. So always remember your salvation. Jesus did not just come and save us from sin. He came to save us from poverty, from curses, from unemployment, from, from, from non-fulfillment. The salvation package is wholesome. The salvation package including you succeeding in your business, your career, your family, every area. Are you understanding? So, although Palm Sunday reminds us of the triumphant arrival of Christ in Jerusalem, that kicks off the Easter narrative. Um, The gentleman says, a few years ago, a friend of mine was telling me about his rapidly changing fortunes. A great description of Palm Sunday leaves out something in particular. Is this that although Palm Sunday reminds us of the triumphant arrival of Christ in Jerusalem, it kicks off the Easter narrative. It says, as I told my friend, bad times come to everyone, no matter who they are. After all, look at what happened to our Lord one day. One day he was being celebrated. Next minute he was being betrayed and being crucified. Jesus is welcomed into Jerusalem as a king, as a hero, with thousands shouting hosannas and singing his praises. But four days later, it was a four days later. Tell your neighbor, some four days later will come into your life. Prepare for it. Don't be taken by surprise. This life is such that nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. So you need to build spiritual capacity to be able to handle stuff both in church, in the kingdom, in family, in society, on your job. Build capacity. And don't be taken by surprise by things that happen naturally. Are you there? So be prepared for everything. So four days later, he's arrested and treated like a criminal, tortured, mocked with many of those who cheered him, now calling for his death. Then he's executed in the most painful and terrible way the Romans or just about anyone had ever devised. Here's what we should always remember about Palm Sunday. If Christ can go in less than a week from a triumphant hero, adored by thousands to death in one of the most horrible manners ever devised by man, should we be surprised when we sometimes see our life turn from good to bad so suddenly? Jesus, this season should teach you that you can go from good to bad, from the most appreciated, the most loved, to the most hated. Is is You need to understand that it's real. You need to... You need to Get your mind around it and build spiritual capacity to sail through irrespective. And this does not just happen to just pastors. It will happen to every one of you. You will have your fair share. Are you there? 
So my point is prepare for it. Are you there? <laughs> nothing, me, nothing takes me by surprise. Nothing. Nothing takes me by at all. You must live that way. And when you are focused on where you are going, those things don't move you. Even our master Jesus faced it. So get used to it and don't crumble. Don't faint. Don't resign. Don't stop your pursuing your career, your Christian life. The master faced it and made us understand that if he faced it and won, you can also win. That's the good news about Easter. Amen. He's my best friend, if I have one. Come to tell me today or tomorrow that they hate me, my guts, and they don't like me anymore. I'll still pursue. I'll tell them thank you and still carry on. Because your life is not based on people. Your life is based on God's, in God's idea, self-discovery about you. And you focus. Are you there? And Jesus learned that very early. Shout, amen. So if it can happen to Jesus, the greatest person who ever walked on earth, why can't it also happen to us? We don't want it to happen to us, but sometimes it does. It happened to Jesus. So understand that. Amen. So he says that's the lesson that I take away from Sunday. We think we can control what happens in life. And for a great deal of the time, that may be the case. But as Christ's entry into Jerusalem shows us, none of us are really in control. No matter how much we think we are. Now, none of us are in control. We are just there and all of a sudden, Brother Putin decided to do what he's putting, putting in that place. Which is affected. I went to my wife's car. Uh, normally it's 60 pounds to fill the tank. I was there two days ago. It's 88. Now, so she said, if yours is 88, if mine is 88, what will yours be? Are you there? Nothing is permanent. That's why we must put our trust in God and serve God. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, God is the one who controls our life, and that's true for believers and non-believers. Everybody. Christians and non-Christians alike. And then finally, fame is fleeting. Life is short. Good times and bad times come and go. The lesson of Palm Sunday is that anyone can have their fortunes and their lives changed dramatically overnight. But the lesson of Easter is that God remembers that and keeps His promise to us. Always. Amen. Clap for the lesson on Palm Sunday. Did you get anything out of that? So, let's go on to understanding the power, the purpose, and importance of the family. Understanding the power, the purpose, and importance of the family. So, number one, last week we said, biological families begin with a father and a mother, not a father and a father, or mother and mother. Biological families naturally, ideally, begins with a male and female. Everybody say male and female. Therefore shall a father, a man, leave his father and a mother, and be joined unto his wife. The two shall be one flesh. So, let's move on. Number two. For the fulfillment of God's intended purpose on earth for us, 
God has chosen you and I and given us a spiritual family and biological family. Second Samuel 7 verse 10, we discovered last week, it says, I have appointed a place for my people Israel. So everybody say, I need both a biological family and a spiritual family. I hope you all remember that you are first of all a spirit before you have a body and you have a soul. So because of your spiritual heritage, you need a spiritual family and that's church. When uh, the whites were, bringing, were coming to Africa, there are three things they brought, which was in line with the scriptures. We are spirits, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So they brought the church to feed our spirit. So if you don't belong to a church, you don't get born again, and don't find yourself dedicated and devoted and committed to a church, your spiritual life will suffer. Are you there? So spiritual families are there to feed your spirit, which is the real you that carries the rest. So the whites brought the church to feed our spirits. They brought schools to feed our minds. And they brought hospitals to take care of our body. So you need your, your spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. So just taking care of just your mental faculties and abandoning your spirit, man, is detrimental to your destiny. Your spirit first, church first. You know, sometimes when pastors are emphasizing church, church, it's not because we want you to come to church. It's because that is the real you. And it's our responsibility to make sure you take care of that aspect. That's the one that is, that is, you, when you die, your body goes to the grave. Your spirit goes to heaven if you stay saved. That's where you came from. So you must spend more time, you must prioritize your spirit more than anything else. Now, the richer your spirit, the richer your mind will also be. So, you know, you succeed in business, you succeed in your career, but feed your spirit. That's why we emphasize church, 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 church. Are you there? So, you have a spirit, you have a soul, you live it. So the people, the white folk brought uh, schools for our mental faculties, hospitals for our bodies, and churches for our spirit man. Guess what is happening now? Now, God is bringing black folk from Africa, especially Af Caribbean Africa, especially back to the West to give them what they brought us, but in a better form. Are you understanding? This is the season of the black man. Some may not want to hear it, but prophetically, when Jesus was, uh, in this Easter season, when Jesus was carrying the cross to where he had to be, to, to be crucified, it was a black man who helped him when he was tired. When Jesus was born and Herod wanted to kill him, Jesus was sent to Egypt. Egypt is not in Europe. Egypt is in Africa. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So we are not being uh, some way. This is Bible history. So black folk, it's important for us to understand why we must prioritize our spiritual heritage and feed our spirit man. Take church seriously. Take spiritual things seriously. You know, are you there? So, Second Samuel 7 verse 10 he appoints a place for his people and he plants them there that they move no more and the children of wickedness will not harass them anymore. So there are children of wickedness harassing your, that will harass your destiny. But church gives you that covering. Church family. Are you there? 
Psalm 68 verse 6, it says, God sets the solitary in families. God is the one who determines which father, biological father should father you, which biological mother should mother you. And it's the same, he determines which spiritual parent must parent you. He is the one who determines who should pastor you. Are you there? So, he sets the solitary or the lonely in family. So, God is very family-oriented. He doesn't leave you alone. He puts you in a family. And we're going to look at the advantages of family. In Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, He sets the solitary in families. He brings out those that are bound. Watch this. He brings them in. He puts you in family to bring you into prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. Say, the church is my place of prosperity. And prosperity is not only money. You can be rich and be dead, dead, dead properly. Are you there? Prosperity is not only money. What is having money but not having peace to enjoy it? Or your mind is not intact to enjoy it? Your body is sick. And you have to spend all that money on... Uh, uh, what's his name? Steve Jobs was very, very rich through Apple. But they couldn't heal him of that condition that sent him to the grave. Very sad. Bob Marley caught something on his foot and didn't take it too seriously and such a potential just snuffed off just like that. Michael Jackson, all these people, they had money, but health hazards took them off. So money is not the only thing. That's why I'm emphasizing your spirit first. Prosperity begins in the soul. The richer your mind, your will, your emotions, the richer your career, your profession. Everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, that's why church is important. Say, it's not because bishop wants you in church. No, no, that's not the reason. That's not the primary reason. It's God who wants you in church to be empowered to become everything that God has called you to be. Including who your children will become. Is understanding there? Awesome. So, number three, let's continue. So, I said last week, even Christ himself was born within the context of a family. You remember that? God in the flesh submitted to an earth. Even Jesus had to submit to an earthly mother, an earthly father, to model. So, parents, you are supposed to model Christ. And model God's agenda to your children. Amen. That's why you need to bring them to church. That's why you must teach them to tithe, to serve. Everything that you do, you must teach them to do this. God, their future depends on it. Amen. Parents are supposed to model what it means to honor. You know, you must teach your parents how to honor. How to honor you. How to honor people. You need to teach and train your children. It's our responsibility to do that. It's not a responsibility of the church. Churches, they meet in churches once every week. So really, they spend more time with us. So everything that we learn and are learning, and don't only learn stuff in church on Sunday. Read your Bible. Listen to my messages. Sound messages from people that I follow. And people you think as, you know are sound. Not just any Tom, Dick, and Harry. You don't follow anybody who teaches things that is anti what your church believes or you'll be confused. Yeah, don't just follow anybody. 
And, and nobody is trying to control you to tell you who to, who to listen to or who not to listen to. But when you start suffering, you will know why you shouldn't listen to those people. Not everybody, Ms. Moreau said, not everybody can feed me. No. There are many voices out there. You need to know which voice is your, is, is where you must listen, uh, what, <laughs> learn from. Are you there? You know, those of you who been to university, you didn't go to every university. You went to a particular university for the, for the course you had in mind. It's the same. That's why God, listen, that's why it's God who selects your family, biological family and spiritual family. This coming Saturday, um, my brother, my blood brother, same father, Kojo Wood, uh, he'll be with me on lunch hour with Hachi. We're going to talk about our father's legacy, how we became who we are. What our father carried, which we caught, which has helped us all up, end up in ministry. Amen? Blood, family. He put us, my father was not there to take care of us, but his DNA, teaching, music, flowed through my blood, up until now, to my children and my grandchildren. So God puts you under specific families, past fathers. Mothers, spiritual fathers, mothers, biological fathers, mothers, destiny fathers, mothers, career fathers, because of your destiny. So this, this is crucial. Is understanding coming? So Jesus had to be taught by his father and mother. You know, how many of you know that Joseph was not Jesus' biological father? How many of you know that Joseph, you can raise your hand, let me know you are here. If you, if you know it. If you don't know it, you can keep your hand down, it's fine. How many of you know that Joseph was not Jesus' biological father? How many of you know that Mary was not Jesus' biological mother? How many of you know that Mary was not Jesus' biological mother? Okay, why do you say it was not his biological mother? Why do you say Mary was not Jesus' biological mother? I use that as a trick question. Mary, I was trying to make sure you are not just lifting your hand. Yeah. Mary was the biological mother of Jesus. Now, I understand where he's coming from in that the Spirit overshadowed her and used her as an incubator. To bring. Uh -huh. But what I'm trying to bring across is God brought Jesus through physical Mary. Now you would have thought that since Jesus is the Son of God, God would just allow Mary to be the only one who raises Jesus. But God, believing in two parent families, appointed a surrogate father to be there, to be fathered by him and mothered by Mary. Two parent families. You need a father, you need a mother to become complete. It is said that, it's been said statistically that girls who grow up and then go wayward, sometimes because their fathers were not at home to teach them what love is about, how ladies should be treated. So the first person who came along and said they loved them or showed love, they fell for those people. But if a father is at home and raising the children, they model and Show them what it means to be a girl, to be cherished, to be loved, to be appreciated, and what it means to be loved. 
That when a father says to his daughter, as he's raising that daughter up, I love you, I love you. Then you grow up and you meet a young man who says, I love you. He said, do better than my father. But my father has set the example, has set the pace. You, are you there? You are also aware, I've said it before, sons will marry somebody who is similar to their mother. And daughters will marry somebody who is similar to their father. By virtue of what they saw at home. That's why parenting is crucial. That's why father and mother is crucial. However, like I told you statistically, there are more single parents these days because of various reasons which I said we will not go into. There are many factors contributing that has contributed to that. So, because of, because of that, God also chooses spiritual families to make up for the deficiency. So, if you don't have a biological father or biological mother or whatever, then God chooses a pastor who is a male and his wife who is a female to serve as father and mother, or chooses a, a pastor who is a female with a husband. So they model what it means to have father and mother spiritually and destiny-wise. So God does not make mistakes. He says there's a gap. He fills it. That's why he gives you churches. What your biological parent was not there to tell you, your pastor will tell you for free. Out of love and out of concern. That's why family is important. You can't, go, you can't be on your own. Are you there? So Mary allowed Joseph to father the son. He didn't give him a tough time. She didn't give him a, what, a tough time. He's my child. I was watching a clip this week. I don't know if you came across it. There was this, um, they say sometimes Ghanaian women cause problems. Some Ghanaian women. Not all, because my wife is Ghanaian and she's a good woman. This girl, yeah, it's a choice. this girl just decided to cause problems. The boy, I, don't, I think maybe they gave birth to a child and they split. So this girl just arrives at the door of the, the guy in the car and says, where's my money? Where's the money you're supposed to give to our children? Where's the money you're supposed to send to me? Today, you will see something. Today, you will see something. I said to her, hey, did you slap me? Hey. Then she just fell deliberately. Did you push me down? Did you push me down? Hey. Then she called the police. Come and see what this man is doing to me. Come and today, you'll be arrested. Today, you'll be arrested. Today, you'll be arrested. Thank God that that was drama. So she came out and said, these are some of the things that are happening in Ghanaian families. And she said, women who do those things should stop doing those kind of stuff. Because you know, the police in this country will believe the woman over the man. And they do it on purpose. These things... You are taught to avoid doing those kind of things in church. If you listen. Just because of some few, some council house that you get, you do things to either kick the man out or kick the woman out, whichever way. Those things are not, you know, what you saw, you read. One of these days, you will discover. The children are watching. So let's be very mindful of these things. And like I said, Sometimes you don't have a biological father or biological mother to tell you. So God brings pastors. A surrogate parents to teach you what biologically nobody taught you. What my father was not there. You, you need to make time to listen to my brother and I. My blood brother and I. This Saturday. You will learn some stuff. What my blood, my blood brother 
Kojo Wood was also raised by a single parent. But my father gave birth to us, and whatever happened, the Lord have mercy on We thank him for bringing us to the world. So I don't blame him at all. That if it wasn't for him shedding a sperm, giving my mother a seed to bring me, I won't be here. So even if he didn't take care of me, thank God for his life. So we celebrate him. I'm creating a legacy in his name. But come and learn how some of the things we suffered and went through, which is the reason why when you think, listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. Divorce must be the last option after you have exhausted everything. And when you hear somebody has divorced, don't put your mouth in it. Because you don't know what is happening inside the place. You don't know who is punching who and where they are punching. Emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, psychological abuse. You know, in the Bible they said you only divorce based on adultery. But during those days, most things we see in the 21st century did not exist then. So if somebody is beating you, narcissistic tendencies... I mean, they, they, they just all over the place and, you know, they, I mean, usually has a punching bag and it's persistent and all manner of abuse. You are not advised to stay in there and die and go to heaven. You are advised to seek counsel. And if it gets to the worst, then there should be a separation where somebody comes in to counsel you guys with the scriptures. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Exhaust all avenues. The, 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 the worst... And the ultimate, which we try to avoid, is divorce. Divorce shouldn't be immediately, once hey, he insulted me, then divorce. No, no, no. Everything must be exhausted first, long before you think of that. And you can't force somebody to stay in a relationship if they don't want to stay in after they are dying. When What's the name of that woman? Tinatena. And Ike. Bruce, 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 Bruce. She ran almost naked to the next hotel. She had to run for her life. So when you hear of divorce, we don't encourage divorce. But when you hear of divorce, you hear of separation. Let God give you a 40-day revelation. Through your personal fast. By the time you do seven days, you stop talking. Amen. Did you get what I said? Am I encouraging divorce? What am I saying? Exhaust what? Before. But don't die there. Death is the last. If your life is being threatened, go and stay in a hotel or something. Or with your family. And get your uncle, your grandfather who has died. Let them all come in to do counseling. And get your pastor. Get everybody involved. Get your pastors involved. They will talk some wisdom into them. Amen. Was that a good word? You know, that's why you shouldn't do amen. Relationships online. As the only one. 
only online. You don't know the person's character, do you say, I do. There are some online dating that works. Just make sure it's working for you first. Before you go there and go and say, I do. Better to break an engagement than to break a marriage. Stop it while it's not working. Oh, he'll change. I'll change him. Could you please brush your teeth and stop talking? I will change him. Or I will change her. I'll marry a bishop. You don't have revelation. I said I will change her. I will change him. Now, if you have been able to change yourself fully, then we can consider something like that. But you can't change anybody. Nobody changes until they want to change. And do things to change. Nobody changes until they want to change and do things that bring change. And don't tell somebody change when you are not changing. Don't try to make me like you. Don't try to make people like you. You change, they will change. When they see the change, they will learn sense and change to line up. So you set the example first. So everybody must change. All change at the train station. All change. You remember all change? Can you clap? Let me know you are here. All change. The tube. All change. If you don't change, you'll be in trouble. They'll take you to the station. So everybody say, all change. Look at the room and say, the last time you tell me to change, I will tell you, all change. And these are things you, you, you may not hear from your biological father or biological mother sometimes. Some are bold enough to say it. But sometimes they don't want to, you know, rock the boat. So they will say, but we, we, are, we love you too much and we are accountable to God. We are so concerned about your destiny, who you become. You see, coaches don't tell you what you want to hear. Coaches tell you what you need to hear so you can become what you're supposed to be. Can you imagine if... Uh, Will Smith has li- listened to Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry before he got up. And if his wife had dragged his panties down. Ten years suspension from the Oscar, the Academy, because of one slap, justified or non-justified. One slap. At the height of your the pedestal of your achievements. The devil is bad. Though. All of you here, let me tell you something. Davis, <laughs> you want to help me to say what I'm coming to say? Right now that we are all, we are all nothing. You are not a subject for the devil's harassment and, you know, tempting you to misbehave or show some characteristics, you know. So watch it now. It's when you hit the top. That's when you try at your highest pedestal of celebration. That's when that demon and father's demons and mother's demons down the bloodline will show his head up. That's what that you haven't dealt with. All of us are susceptible. Let me speak some big English. Gabby, I'm trying today. Susceptible. All of us are susceptible to this. Let me use one that is in line. Paradoxical behavior. Proclivities. Clap for him. Clap for him. Proclivities and tendencies. The mother said, This is not my son. 
said, I couldn't recognize who spit. The person went to slap that boy. I don't recognize him. And your Oscar. If they will follow you, follow because there are people who they will never forget. If even you try to forget, they will envious people who have been envying your success all the time. Not only they're coming out with the woods and say even the Oscar should be removed from him. People who you think were there for you don't show those tendencies until something like this happens to you. Meanwhile, the person who cracked the joke is quiet and silence. Silence somewhere. The one who started the whole wahala, that brought that reaction. So people will do things to provoke you. You need to learn self-control. You need to learn self-control ahead of time. Things will happen that will bring out the worst in you, but you need to tame. It will happen. That's why we told you about the Palm Sunday. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. So we need to work on ourselves now before we come into the limelight. Yeah. Those shortcomings, those, those weaknesses, those, we need to deal with them. All of us need to work on ourselves. Don't work on somebody. You, we need to work on we. Everybody. That's why, you know, Bible says work out your own. <laughs> Use the word own. Your own. The one you own. Uh, you know, some of us, when we, one day my, my mentor said something to her, I think, let me just keep it to myself. You know, there are some, some of us, when we get angry, the United Nations need to get involved. So we need to work on that part of all of us. You know, where am I going? Listen. Bible says, be angry, but sin not. So, you are permitted to be angry. You are permitted, we are permitted to be upset. You're not supposed to walk around, people do certain things you don't like, you say, oh, it's okay, with the Lord have mercy. No, which, which mercy? You are permitted to be angry, but don't let your anger lead you to Will Smith. Slap him. You are permitted. People will say funny things, people will do that. You are permitted to be upset, and to be, but your react, people don't remember what people said. They remember your reaction to what was said or what you heard. And that's what they carry around. May the Lord recover him. I say, may the Lord recover him. Can I hear some amen from the black people? Because black people too, when we are going somewhere and are getting somewhere, some of us are not too happy about some of us going somewhere higher in life. So could we please celebrate, please, and intercede for him, that he will rec- understand he's checked himself into a, a therapy session. Hopefully, thank God he works for him, and pray for their family. You know, there's something called dysfunctional families. They have every family has issues. We said it from the beginning. Everybody has their own. So as we're praying, pray for some of these celebrities. Let's pray for them. Christ is the answer. As what Denzel said at the interview with uh, T.D. Jakes, all we could do. For him now is praying. Yeah, talking on social media, you know, people. Anyway, let me just carry on. We are talking about family. Do I know you are part of my family? When things are okay, 
it's, all, it's normal for people to say hey, we are fine. But when you go through something, am I there for you? And are you there for me? Are we there for each other? That's when we know whether we are family or not. It's not when everything is honky. Do- I'm talking generally. I'm not talking about me. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? The guy has resigned. He's been banned. Then now they want to take the Oscar. Charlie, could you please just at least, through his suffering, can we at least leave the Oscar to him, please? Amen. Somebody say a big amen to that one. That's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. He ended it, right? So at least through the 10 years, let him look at it every day. To be comforted. Because, let me continue, the family is a masterpiece of God's creation. God put children and adults in families, biological and spiritual, church families, so they can have an identity. God put you in a family, spiritual family, biological family, so you have an identity. I am a house of Judean. I am an, I'm a, I'm a Hattonwood. I'm a um, Jokoto. I belong to a family. I have a family. Don't mess with me. I have a family. I have a covering. That's why God puts us in biological families and spiritual families. When somebody wants to mess with you, when they know who, which family you are in or what family you belong to, they are very careful. That's why the Bible says, when two lie together, there is it. When you walk alone, like Jimmy Cliff, I walk alone in the street, you are in trouble. You must belong to a spiritual family, a church. And listen, you must see your church, we're speaking to everybody everywhere, you, you must see your church not as a church, you must see it as your family. It makes a difference. When you see your church as, you see a church as, your church as a church, you are isolated, you are distant. But when you see it as my family, your reaction, your behavior, your actions, your pro, your, everything about you, behavior and everything changes. And you get the best from the place and put the best in there. My family knew, I mentioned last week, it's just the two of us now at home, our children have grown up. They've left, they've gone, they've, they, they, they're pursuing their families, they, they haven't gone, they have Pursuing their families. Thank God. We, are, we thank God for that. But they remembered daddy and mommy are coming. And in Ghana, they do everything for them. But they are coming. When they arrive and there's no food, they will have to do their breakfast. And they have to do their everything. After standing for one hour, Ghana, British always said, we are ready to board. Then they let us stand for one hour. Chicken or beef. This time it's pasta. So they prepared breakfast and everything for us when we came. So it's not now we are going to cook. That's family. They are not thinking of their convenience. They are thinking of father and mother's convenience. We got to the airport and Minister Deborah was there to pick us up. Volunteered. He said, don't go and pay Milika. I will pick you. I'll take you and I'll pick you. What is that? And different things that we do for each other. Family. Family. Let's change our approach to church. You'll be amazed at things that God can do through us. Family. 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 We know certain things already about family, but we're just adding to what we know so we can become better. Amen? 
So number three, a family is kept steady and prosperous with long productive lives by heeding. Families become productive through, through heeding to instructions from the father and mother, both biological families and church families, that guide us and enhance our lives. Our families don't become progressive by suggestions and opinions, but by instructions. Last week we saw Proverbs chapter 1, 8 to 9, said, My son, hear the instructions of your father. Forsake not the law of your mother. And this is the benefit of heeding to instructions from your father, whether biological or spiritual. He says, It shall be an ornament of grace, favor upon your head, and chains about your neck. So you are walking around, your necklace is called favor. It's called prosperity. When you obey instructions of your pastor, your biological father, mother, in line with the word of God, you walk around, God puts an ornament of favor around your neck. And people see you and they are favoring you. Because you obey spiritual authority and you obey physical authority. Now listen to this. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. He says, obey your parents in the Lord. In other words, obey your spiritual parents. Then he says, honor your father and your mother, that it might be well with you and you live long on the earth. So, if you want things to be well with you, you need to honor, obey your spiritual parents, who are, who are your pastors in your church. Then you must honor, honor, respect your biological father, biological mother, spiritual mother, spiritual father. You need to obey them and honor them. Honor them. Honor them. Now, the only time as a believer that you don't do what your biological father tells you to do or your spiritual father tells you to do or mother tells you to do, if they are telling you to do something contrary to the word of God, that's why you must respectfully say you can't do it. You are 12 years old, 13 years old. You say, I'm giving you to an old man to marry. And you must obey me. No. No, I can't get married at this particular time. Or go and sleep with different kinds of people. So as sugar daddies and sugar salt mothers. mothers. No, you, it's against the word. Anything we tell you to do that is anti the word, you, you are permitted not to do it. Are you there? Yes. We tell you to go and steal. Or I tell the treasury, tell you the money that came. Can you corner some? No, there's no cornering. No, because it's not your money. I can tell you to feel fiddle figures. Anything that's contrary to the word of God, you respectfully disobey. Church attendance. Are you there? So, my son, hear the instructions of your father. Obey the laws of your mother. Then, watch this. Now, everybody say instruction. Everybody say instruction. Now, there are three, five levels of human activities. Watch this. In life, you're either crawling, walking, running, or flying. You die by lack of understanding. You crawl by walking. You crawl. You die by lack of understanding. You, where are we, where are we, where are we? Hmm. Okay. We crawl in life by ignorance. We walk by common sense. We run in life by principles, but we fly in life by instructions. That's why he said, obey the instructions of your father. 
you want to fly in life, obey instructions. You know, pilots don't go to school. Pilots, don't, don't, pilots are not taught by teachers. Pilots are taught by instructors. Hit this button, then the plane will start taxiing, and then hit this button, and then or pull this thing, and then you fly. If you get in the air, you say, they say, hit this button to stay in the air. And you decide, no, I won't press it. You and your customers or your, uh, your who passengers have one direction. Instructions is what makes you fly in life. That's why it says, I put fathers, coaches, mentors in your life, not to teach you, but to instruct you. Dive, and the devourer will be rebuked. Save, and you spend your days in prosperity. Pray, and the enemy will leave you alone. Sit under an appointed pastor, and then the devourers, and then the afflictors will stop afflicting you. It's an instruction. It's not something you debate. Instructions are non, non-negotiable. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So, so church attendance is not a teaching. It's an instruction. Or Psalm 84 verse 7 says, They go from strength to strength as they appear in Zion. Every time you come to church, except you to your door. Except you are what? You don't go to church. And then come out of the place depressed. No, you come out knowledgeable, with wisdom, with understanding to take on the world. Because you are told about the possibilities. You know, one of the things I've got there to tell you is uh, families reveal, help you discover your potential. What you are capable of. You know, the reason why I keep pushing, pushing. You carry some stuff in you that this world is waiting for. And church is the one family. Church family brings out the, it tells you things that you couldn't think, you didn't think you can do, you find yourself doing. We tell people, like when we used to tell, like, look, you can do this, you can do that. It doesn't matter what anybody is saying. And some of you have gone ahead and done certain things in your life because your church family, maybe your biological family told you you are a non-entity, which is some of the things we inherited in where we came from. You're going to, you're just, when we're growing up, I'm just, maybe I'm just walking. One day, I saw this girl that I liked. Don't tell my wife. Is my wife here? Oh, she's here. Okay. I saw this girl. That I met her. I was in my teenage years, and I thought, Charlie, me too. I'm there. So you know, we're chatting as a family, and I saw the girl passing. And I was trying to, I'm making moves, but the woman is not listening, bruh. So I crossed. I left the family, and I crossed, and. Uh, I was standing on the street, middle of the street, clock. Yeah. Yeah, talking. Yeah. All I heard was, my middle name is Kofi, and my mother was a disciplinarian. My mother raised us by herself, so she didn't want our teenage tendencies to bring any pregnancies that would give her trouble. So she was very strict on the two of us. All I heard was, Kofi! And when my mother calls you, he didn't respond. But because I was talking to the girl and I wanted to impress her, I stood still. All I heard was, Kofi! I knew, Charlie, this is very embarrassing. You better leave. Or I'm dead. The girl looked at me and said, Charlie, your mother is calling. That girl even didn't have mercy on me. Your mother is calling. Charlie, oh yeah, John. 
So I took off. How did I get here? Father's instructions, mother. What's the instruction for? Why is she shouting out for me? She's watching out for me. I thought so. You know, very often when we are growing up under our parents, sometimes when they are disciplining us, we think, oh, they are doing something. Evelyn is clapping. Better clap with her. Oh, they are doing something. They are doing something. Small life that I'm going to enjoy. I mean, my teenage years allow me to go. Allow me to go. New broom sweeps well. But old broom knows all the corners. Those who have lived for years, when they are telling you some of these things, <laughs> they have seen something and they are telling you, Tale, where you are, I've been there. Where I am, you've never been. And I'm telling you, Tale, watch it all. But sometimes we think we are wiser than our fathers <laughs> and our mothers. It happens to all of us. That's why it says, Obey the instructions of your father and obey the laws of your mother. So, we crawl in life through ignorance. We walk by common sense. We run in life by principles, but we fly. So, if you want to fly, obey instructions of your father. Biological father, spiritual father, as long as he's in line with the word. Obey the instructions of your pastor. But they, they, have, they haven't got anything to gain by teaching you the things they're teaching you, which is working for them to make you. They, they haven't got, they, they, it's not, let me put it this way, it's, they don't have any personal interest per se. It's about your destiny and becoming, becoming who you're supposed to be, to be equipped to serve God, whether in the church or marketplace, it's about your destiny. So, moving around with a girl or a boy, and you have not married her, you haven't engaged her, and you are living together, and then the pastor says, he that finds a wife, find it a good thing, not he that finds a girlfriend. And he says, he that finds a wife, find it a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. So, we want you to have what? Favor. That's what we are talking. Not because we are interested in your living together. We want you to, the way you are working, the favor hasn't come properly. So, it's when you turn that woman into a wife, that you see the favors of God. So, that's why we are saying, Kale, do something. Go and engage her. Do things the right way. That's why pastors will come with the word to say, this is the right thing to do. And they are coming with the word, not their suggestion. Amen. Some say, oh, but when we move together, we can pay the bills. You know something? Amen. Somebody said that some years ago, and then we, the person won't listen to us, so just went ahead. Within two years, they had broken up because the person discovered this woman married me because of the bills, not because of love. And if bills are the reason why you are marrying me, bills will keep coming. So really, you are actually a user. She, the person learned it fast. So they, they came out. And those are some of the things that we tried. You see, life is so short. Why, 
go through some hustling, things that you can prevent. Amen. And these days, look, you want to marry. In my personal opinion, these days, except you are very rich and you have money to waste, there's no need for wedding. Thousand pounds, two thousand pounds, three thousand pounds to do wedding, to invite people to come and insult you while they're eating your food and don't give you any gift. Spend more on your marriage than on your wedding. If you have the money, you want to uh, uh, splat it out and feed people, fine, we'll come and eat the food for you. But the question, after you are married, do you have enough money to sustain your marriage? Am I preaching or am I preaching? 500 pounds, go and buy a ring. What's all this buying? Uh, anyway, it's your money, it's your money. Do you know how much this ring costs, where we bought it, and how much it costs? And we are 34 years later, we are still here. This was not even up to 150. And the worst thing is, you buy wedding ring that's about thousand, then you are removing something, then it falls through the cracks, and you don't see it again, and it's not insured. Just to show off, look at my ring, blinging. Bling, bling, and fight, fight. I, like I said, if you have the money, they should spend it and invite us to eat the food. We'll go for seconds. But if you're on a budget, take advantage of the COVID climate and do a simple one. Yes, you. When my daughter was getting married, even me, I was not allowed to go inside. They said only four witnesses. Four, two on each side. Two witnesses. One on each side. So, so four, including the bride and groom. So she went in. I'm who was supposed to give her out. Give her away. Who gave her this person? Me. I was not permitted to go in there. They are married. They are happily married. They are getting on with their life. Money saved. But like I said, his family, you have the money. Invite us. We will come. And we will tell you what we want to eat. Just make sure you don't fight after. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's begin around. Are you getting something here? This family. We are, we are talking about family. We're keeping it real. Family. Are you clapping? Are you getting something? Family. 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 Keeping it practical. Family. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4. This is a very powerful one. Proverbs chapter 4. 20 to 22. He said, my son. Look at it again. My son. My son. Attend to my words. In other words, give attention to my words or instructions. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not pass from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Look at the benefit. For they are life to those that find it. And health to your flesh. My son, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that fight and medicine. Medicine. The words of God, the words, the instructions are medicine to your soul. The things you are talking, they are medicine. The word of God is medicine. It's health to your soul. Shout Amen. Write this down as we round up for today. Family can exist in many forms, but what lies in the epicenter of that are the people, watch this, 
Okay, you may not be able to write. Listen to this. Family can exist in many forms. And what lies in the epicenter of that are the people who consider themselves as family. And the love and respect that they have for one another and genuinely demonstrate towards one another. You need to see yourself as part of that family. These bonds are important because family helps us get through most of the most disastrous times and best times on condition, listen, on condition that you open up and share what you are going through with people you respect, honor, trust, see, and treat as parents and family. You know, there are certain things that God will not show pastors or will not show your father. So when you're going through something and you, belong, you believe you belong to a family, whether church family or biological family or destiny family or career family, if you don't say what you're going through, sometimes it's difficult for people to know. They can't look at your face and say, you know, you're going through something. It could be your menstrual cycle. It could be anything. So whatever it is you're going through, if you, have, if you belong to a family, you need to share it with trusted people so they can help you out. But if you don't share it, and then it gets worse, and then you say, even this family, they don't care. No. You need to share. You need to have a group of trusted people you can share certain things with that will keep it confidential. And pray with you and do something about it, not just hear about it. That's family. Open up. Open up to trusted people. People who keep confidence. Open up. Amen. Family is important because they can offer support and security coupled with unconditional love. Watch this. Family will always look to see and bring out the best in you, even if you cannot see it for yourself. Now, I know that sometimes with our biological family, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. You see, that's why my emphasis in this family teaching series, I'm speaking about biological family, but my emphasis is more on spiritual families. Because sometimes when it's not working with the biological because there are all kinds of issues in biological families. But if it's not working there, that's why God puts you in a spiritual family. So they will deal with the spirits behind the scene, which biological families, if they are not spiritual, cannot see. That's why God puts you in churches, particular churches, under caring pastors, who are not in it for themselves. That's why here I don't make a big deal about Father's Day, birthday, you honor me, fine. You don't honor me, fine. I don't make a big deal about it. I actually tell people, if you are here to ban them, don't do it. That's, we don't want to get the impression that they are using us. Are you there? It's a nice thing to do, but if it's going to create problems, no, no, no. Your soul matters more than the Chinese will go to go and eat. And personally, me, I'm not into it. I don't like people who, I don't like the idea of socializing without fruitfulness and fruits and results. If we are winning souls, we are growing our church, we're going to sit down and we eat. It makes sense. But we are eating latu and shouting and, 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 you know, and we are not producing the purpose for which God brought us as a church. Your amen has gone. Are we talking as family? Would you, would you, rather, would you rather I tickle your ears? Pastor Johnson, Mrs. Johnson, it's your birthday. Good. Wonderful. We're going to sit at the hotel. We are eating. Cha, 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 cha. Then it's time for him to play the piano. He's not playing. Why did we go and eat? Results is what justifies entertainment and leisure. 
Tell you, I'm speaking as a father. Your clapping is affecting my lunch. What are we eating for? You. All those who are into professionals here. At the end of every year, most years, they do uh, organizational business. What, what do they do? Christmas party. What's that for? To celebrate their successes. Achievements. So, ask your neighbor, why are we eating when you haven't achieved anything? The money that you spend to eat, you haven't paid your tithe, but you have money to buy food. Does that make any, you know, to anybody? Charlie, clap. Don't let anybody know you are the guilty party I'm talking about. Why are you eating with money that belongs to God? Clap for Bishop. Father is... <laughs> Does that make sense to anybody? You are not doing anything for God. You see, you use the word achievement. That's why they gather. And they are celebrating the millions they made, the thousands they made, and then opening champagne. We are opening champagne. When nothing has been champed. No championing of any venture or project or anything in church. Or the family. So, black people, let's learn productivity before celebration. Let's learn productivity before titles. General manager, director, and we haven't directed anything. Amen. <laughs> Did you get anything there? Yeah. So, next time you arrange for us to go and eat, I'll just ask you, how many souls have we won? How many departments? How many increases have we? What are the productivity levels? Then when we are eating, we won't choke on the food. Charlie, clap. I'm trying to make it as humorous as possible. For uh, Are you honest? Black people? Am I speaking to black people or white people? Black people like celebrating when they haven't achieved anything. Nothing productive. Dancing all over the place. We have nothing to show. And we are eating. You know I me. Mean? I've been a pastor, the pastor of this church for many years and I've been associated with other pastors. It's surprising. They can find 25 pounds to go and sit in. Where is it sometimes we go? Uh, Mila and Kata. And sit down there. Years ago, <laughs> I don't know whether you guys were there. We went to uh, my favorite restaurant, Chinese restaurant in my area. And we went to the Kushites. I mean, we went to the black people. My members. Blacks. I love my people. So when I see certain things going some way, I try and educate so we can come out. We went to this place and they were ordering seafood. Special fried rice is three ninety nine. Uh, uh, barbecue spirit is three ninety nine. Whatever you know, simple one. Your money. Don't cut your coat according to your size. Cut it according to your material. I'm teaching on family. They were ordering seafood. Octopus. Is it octopus or o- octopus? O- octopus. Octopus. <laughs> Squid. Squid in Ghana. You leave it on the seaside. Octopus. What is it? Squid. Prawns. Lobster. Lopsided. Then they, when they were eating, they were laughing. 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 
Then when it came time to pay, some did this and went to the bathroom. Some were hiding. And then before then, Mama B and I, when we go out with those people whom we had at the time, we will supplement and help. That day we decided to supplement. You should have seen people sweating. Like the blood clots of Jesus when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. That day we decided the supplement is over. You, I am the pastor. I ordered special fried rice. Uh, the common, the common, the common, I ordered the common. You are ordering the new supplement that day. I don't know how they resolved it. I, I, I even left them there or something. Just to teach them a lesson. Before you go to a restaurant, make sure you paid your tithe. You've given your offering. You have served God. You have produced something for God. You've taken care of, you budgeted for your family's education and everything. Then you have achieved something. So when you are sitting in peace and you are eating, there's justification for the eating. But not before. Clap for God if you will clap for Him. So let's celebrate after productivity. This is what family is about. One of the things family brings out of you, I said it earlier, your potential. Listen, I close with this. Don't let anybody talk you out of your becoming everything that you can become. Your present position is not your permanent address. Every success story failed more times before they succeeded. Wherever you are in your life, your spiritual family here is telling you, you can become everything that God has called you to. But you need to be submitted to instructions. Amen. Lift up your right hand. Ask for grace. Let's ask for grace. Grace, grace, grace. Understanding the power, the purpose, and importance of the family. That's how important family is. Ask for grace to do what you have heard. Grace to be a responsible person in your family, biological, career, church, spiritual family. Grace to be responsible. Families that bond together are families that are responsible. You know they belong to this family. You must find something to do within that biological family, that spiritual family. Be responsible. Ask for grace. 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 Thank you, Father, for grace. To do what we have heard in Jesus' precious name. Shout Amen. Whilst your head is bowed, if there's anyone in the house and you are not saved, you are not born again, because it's when you get born again that you are conscripted into the family of God, where God is your father, Jesus is your senior brother, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. You need to be born again. And God puts you in a spiritual family that will nurture you to become who you're supposed to be. So you are not born again. You are not saved. You said, I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I want to rededicate my life to God. I was in Christ, but because of COVID or because of different situations, I have not been on fire like I should. And I want to rededicate my life to Christ and be on fire for Christ. If you are here like that, lift up your hand. Let me pray for you. If you are online, lift up your hands and let us pray for you. If you are there, 
you want to give your life to Christ, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. I ask for forgiveness for every sin I've committed against you. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we close, we have 11 minutes to 1. We're going to receive our tithes and our offering. Now, please lift up your head for a minute. This week, I was just there and I heard this statement. Tithing is not about money. Tithing is about honor. Tithing, 10% of your income, your blessings, everything you get financially, is not about money, no. Tithing is about honor. The one who is asking for the tithe is your father. That's God. He said, bring the tithe into my storehouse. So, tithing is not about money. Tithing is about honoring the one who gave you that financial resource. Respecting him. Honoring him. Bringing back to him what is his. He is the one who said in Malachi, you have robbed me. It's not uh, pastors who said you have robbed pastors. No, no. God, if you belong to God's family, returning his tithe is a principle and an act of honor to him. Like if you have a biological father and he turns 60 or on his birthday or whatever, based on what he has done for you, on his birthday you bring him a gift, not because your father needs money, that's because he's honorable. You're celebrating his birthday or your mother's birthday because he's honorable. When our children did what they did when we arrived back, that was honor. That was honor. Honoring us. When you show kindness, generosity to God or his house or to your parents, it's a sign. Everybody scream the word honor. So in our family, man, let's understand this. Honor. Tithing is not about money. Because he owns the silver and the gold and the cattle over a thousand. He's, he's just saying, Charlie, I'm giving you 100%. Honor me with the 10%. That's what everybody say. Tithing is not about money. Say it's about honor. It's about honoring God, letting Him know everything you gave me is yours, but the 10%, I'm bringing it back to you to honor you. So every time you're going to tithe, you're going to give. Please remember that. I'm honoring. So if you don't tithe, you can tithe, but you don't tithe. You can give, but you don't give. You are not honoring Him. And Jesus, God said, Those who honor me, I will honor them. Those who do not honor me, I will not honor them. So, tithing is about honor. So, be very accurate. Be very precise. Whatever it is that you earn, whether in uh, salary, wages, bonus, uh, allowances, everything. Honor God. Honor God. Get the pastors out of the picture. Don't bring pastors in there. They are just giving you an instruction for God to promote you. For God to bless you. For God to protect you. Are you understanding? So everybody take your phones. Please put the details on the screen. If you need an envelope, lift up your hand. If you need an envelope, you can pay your tithe and give your offering with your, your debit card. The details are on the screen. You can take your phones and do online banking. Transfer 10% of your income or 10% of everything that you have received financially. Transfer it to that account on the screen by your own doing, uh, using your phone to do your online banking. Or if you want to use an envelope, and use your debit card 
on the envelope, there's uh, 16, um, there are 16 boxes there. Put in your the long number on your debit card. Write your start date. Write your end date. And then write your security code in the security code box. And then put the figure that you are putting in, you are paying, in the tithe box or offering box or whatever, any other gift that you are giving to God. Put that figure in that particular section. Remember, it's about honor, honor, honor. You are honoring him. You are honoring him. You are honoring him. And when you understand this about honor, it also helps you to decide what is honorable to God. Am I teaching? What is on, this thing I'm giving to God? Hey, does my blouse cost more than it? Does my wig, I mean my, I mean my weave cost more than it? Hello? The things I'm wearing, do they cost more than what I'm giving to God? Who without, I won't have a hand to put that wristwatch on. Who without, I won't have uh, a neck to put that necklace on. I won't have a head to put, to do whatever it is that I've done to my head. So it's all about honor. It's not about pastors. Obey the instructions of your father. to be well with you. We want it to be well with you. Hallelujah. So, as you do that, if you are transfer, if you are watching online, the details are on the screen. Transfer your tithe, your offering. Those who have set up direct debit standing orders, God bless you for doing so. You can take a screenshot of the bank details if you want to set up a standing order or direct debit so you always are on top of your game. Father, thank you for the privilege to give. Thank you for the privilege. You gave us life. You gave us life. You gave us breath. You gave us our jobs. You gave us the allowances that we have been getting, the gifts that have been given to us. You gave it to us through men. We thank you. Bless you. And bring and return back to you your tithe and your offering. Receive this as an acceptable sacrifice on our behalf. And bless us indeed to continue to expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless everyone that has also paid already by direct debit standing order like some of us do. In Jesus' name. Bring everybody out of any financial quagma and difficulty. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Alright, so package your offerings. Ushers, you can pass the basket. You are done. The ushers will pass the basket. In the meantime, Sister Abena, Brother Nanapoku, please come with your son. Let's dedicate him and then we'll give the announcement and close the service. We have three minutes to go, so we stay within the time. Anyone here for the first time? Anyone here for the first time? Lift your hand so we welcome you. Can you give them a big hand? House of Judah, let's appreciate them. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. As they prepare to come, could you mention your, who invited you and what's your name? We'll see you at the end of the service. What's your name? Awesome. God bless you. Ice, what's your name? Oh, wow. Give her a big hand one more time. <laughs> God bless you. We'll have a chat after the service. Mama, your name and who invited you? Holiday. 
Wow. Hola. Going up and down. Wow. Give her a big hand. God bless you. God bless you for coming. God bless you. We appreciate you. Um, any a brother at the back? Your name? Your daughter is Abna. Actually, Abna, Abna, Abna has got family. Charlie, clap for her. Nana didn't choose wrong crowd. Daddy was here last week. What did you, your name was last week? Charles Afrani. Okay. I hope Mama is fine. Sarah, right? God bless you. Say hello to her for us. Tell her we asked of her. Good to see them. Let's give all of them a big hand. God bless you all for coming. God bless you. So, Nana uh, and Abna, please come. Uh, Sister Kadian, have you passed the basket? Yeah, please bring the basket so we put our uh, offerings in there. We're going to do this and then shut the service down. Can we have the instruments of dedication? We are dedicating Michael Opoku Frefre. We have a lot of Michaels in this church. We are not playing. Michael Opoku Frefre. Can I have the instruments? Excellent. We anoint you with oil, salt symbolic of the word of God, water symbolic of the word of God. We dedicate you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Declare it shall be well with you. We secure your destiny, your prophetic destiny, from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. We decree God's intentions shall come to pass in your life. Your life shall bring great joy to your parents and to your family. You shall never lack in the name of Jesus. Amen. We bless you with wisdom to raise this child in the nature and admonition of the Lord. We bless you with wisdom, bless you with favor, bless you with knowledge, bless you with understanding. May the Lord supply all your needs to raise this child up to become the prophetic voice that God has called him to be. This child shall give you no problems. God will secure his future. God will watch over him. Financial resources are coming from the four corners of the earth to ensure he becomes the fullness of God's purpose and intentions. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you for standing with them. And the Lord give you wisdom, insight, revelation to stand with them to raise this child. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Mamabi. Okay, you're doing paparazzi. Okay. Certificate of dedication. We, Nana Puku Frefre and Apena Minta, dedicate ourselves to the Christian nurturing of Michael Opoku Frefre. We are faithfully entering into this commitment at House of Judah as part of the congregational worship on 10th April 2022. Signed by mother, signed by father, and signed by pastor. Jesus' name. So this is for you as a mother. Keep this certificate like you keep your, your wedding certificate and engagement certificate. Amen. You want to say something? You can turn around. Clap for them. I think you can do better than that. Let's celebrate them. Alright. Can we can he have a microphone?
Hallelujah. We are so grateful. First of all, we, we are thanking God for making this possible. Hallelujah. Uh, what uh, the enemy meant for evil, the Lord has made it for good. It's hallelujah. Yeah, we are so much grateful. We thank God for uh, making this possible. And then we are so grateful to uh, Bishop and Mama B for wonderful things that they have done for us. I mean, we cannot, we cannot say it all. I mean, um, there, there, there are a lot of things that the Lord has done for, for me especially and for us as a family. I think, I mean, my 12 years since I came to this church, came to this church 2009, and God has been so good. I came here with zero, but the Lord has really, really filled me. I mean, He has done so much for me. The, the enemy, the, there, are so, there are so many ups and downs, but I believe the Lord meant it for good. There are so much blessings in my life. I, I'm sure and I'm really know the Lord is doing more. Thank you, Lord. We are so grateful for Bishop and Mama B. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.